Hello, Horror Fanatics. I'm Frank. And I'm Jen. And we welcome you to our weekly podcast, Oh, oh the, the Horror. Horror. Thank you for joining us as we dive deep into all things horror, supernatural, scary, and downright creepy. If you like what you hear, rate, review, and subscribe or follow to add us to your regular rotation of podcasts. You can also submit any ideas, comments, and suggestions to our email address at oth at seriouslydecent.com. You can check out our website, ohthehorrorpodcast.com, to catch back episodes, back seasons, connect to your uh, social media presence, or our social media presence. You can connect to your favorite podcast platform. Mm-hmm. And while you're in there, hit subscribe, throw yeah. a little uh, review and rate us. Yeah. You're As, right in there anyway. You're right in there. Yeah. You know? just, just lean into it. Boom. Ugh. Boom. Press some stars. Press some stars. Preferably all of them. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, here we are. Here An- we are, back at the beginning. Another beautiful day. Yeah. Yep, yep. We're, Sun's uh, shining, birds are singing. Yeah, spring is coming. Spring has sprung. It has, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know As that. As I proceed to sneeze through every store we go into. It's the sneezing. It's the ears filling up. Yeah. It's the, uh, the body hoops. aches. Yeah. The body aches, because, you know, in here in central New York and... Really, kind of anywhere in New York, past uh, upstate. Well, let's just is, say the Northeast generally. Yeah, it's damp. Well, damp, and then it's like twenty degrees one day, or it's twenty degrees in the morning. Then it's fifty in the afternoon. Then it gets down to like thirty at night. There might be some rain in there. Sixty the next day. Mm-hmm. Twenty degrees that morning. You're getting like forty degree changes in a day. Mother Nature Bingo. Yeah. Let's play it, guys. It really is. Or Powerball, as you like to say. It is Powerball. Powerball for weather mm-hmm. and uh, for bodies beat up like myself. Yeah. It's a it's a rough time period. Mm-hmm. April's yeah. a rough month. Yeah. It really is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but here we are, episode 119. Yep. The power of prayer we're going to talk today. We are going to talk about the power yeah. of prayer. And before everybody goes, oh, Christ, you know... Gets all, all wrapped up in a fizz. This is prayer period. Yeah. Prayer period we're getting into. I went in a different direction. Yeah. 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 So. Well, it's um, allowed. You're, you're a co-host <laughs> and co-creator of the show. Yes. Yeah. So you have that cre- creative license to do that. I do. This I do. Where podcasts are nice. I didn't know. just do the power of prayer. Mm-hmm. I took it from the biblical aspect, yeah. and then I took it from the scientific yeah. aspect. I did a similar thing. And I have all kinds of studies, Yeah, because that's what my little nerd heart loves. Well, it's an interesting topic. It really is. You know, yeah. um, for- uh, Sources. Sources, I have uh, catholicdigest.com, of course, uh, npr.org. They did a um, eight-part series. I think it was eight parts. Uh, five, sorry. Five-part series on prayer. Mm-hmm. Pretty interesting. And then um, I also did the National Library of Medicine, National Center for Biotechnology Information. Okay. Uh, actual uh, official United States government website. Okay. Just to kind of uh, pick around. So uh, I'm not going to pull from... Any specific thing. These are kind of general things, and mm-hmm. I'm pulling little blurbs mm-hmm. from from all of them. And then, of course, reading 
you know, I kind of dug up the Bible, the catechism. Yeah, I have a bunch know. of um, references from yeah. the Bible. Go for um, it. I have three sources, an article from ncbi.nlm.nih.gov. Mm-hmm. Say that three times fast. Yeah. Christianity.com, what is the power of prayer? And pray.com, the power of prayer. So the NCBI. NLMH, -hmm. that's the National Library of Medicine. So we got a similar source. Mm -hmm. That hasn't Mm -hmm. happened in Mm -hmm. a while Mm -hmm. where we go crossies like this. Yeah. Yeah. So prayer has been touted to help with everything from curing disease to providing for your general needs, etc. And the act of praying brings you closer to God. Mm -hmm. Religions tend to recommend sending your struggles to God. And the best way to achieve this is through prayer. There are references to answered prayers in the Bible itself. For example, the answer is found in one pivotal scripture in Matthew uh, chapter 18, verses 18 to 20. Jesus tells us about the power of prayer when he said, quote, Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I among them, end quote. There are dozens of real-life accounts in the Bible where Jesus and other disciples battled in prayer. God shuts the heavens and prevented rain from falling for three years at Elijah's request. He parted the Red Sea for Moses mm-hmm. to lead his people out of Egypt. He cast out demons. Jesus healed the sick, gave sight to the blind, and on more than one occasion raised people from the dead, i.e. Lazarus. Yeah. The Lord God Almighty answers prayer. Quote, I call on you, O God, for you will answer me. That's from Psalm 17, 6. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. Again, another Psalm 34, 17 is the actual In John uh, chapter 16, verses 23 to 24, Jesus makes a stunning, sweeping, glorious promise to us. Quote, truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. End quote. And there's a uh, a point to pause for a moment Mm -hmm. on prayer itself. Yes. The word pray, a lot of people confuse with it's a worshiping mechanism Mm -hmm. and that people worship Mm -hmm. when you're praying. Not so the case. Okay. Way, 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 way back. In the way back machine? In the way back machine. Mm -hmm. Again, this is where reading old things helps. What? To pray is actually to ask. Right. Yes. And that's what a lot of people who don't understand the whole mechanism of prayer, it's kind of over, it's overflown in that area. Mm-hmm. Everybody just thinks that if you're praying, you're worshiping. And that's not the case. No. You're asking. asking. It's a very humbled, um, it's, a, it's a humbled position in life when you're praying. And you can go back in old documents and you could see where someone was in court and they, you know, I pray to the court. Yes. I ask of the yes. court. I pray of the yes. court. And it's uh, had nothing to do with a god or no. a deity or anything like that it was literally just that word was to ask mm-hmm. and it's been morphed unfortunately in a weird tense of just worshiping 
Right. Yes. You know, and there's well, a great example of what you just read from a quote mm-hmm. that it's asking. Yes. Yeah. You know. Yes. So. So in Mark chapter 11, verse 2, Jesus tells his followers, So I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. There's immense power in the prayer, as most Christians will attest. Mm -hmm. The knowledge that there is power in prayer, it's not new. Many of the greatest stalwarts of the Bible turned to prayer constantly because they understood what it could do for them. Today, thousands of people see miracles in their lives by tapping into this very same concept of prayer. Mm -hmm. And this power of God is available to you. Let's look at what this power is, why it works, and how to tap into it. There are many times we feel powerless in our lives, especially in the face of difficult circumstances by ourselves. We feel as though we can do nothing. And the scriptures confirm this in John chapter 15, verse 5, Jesus says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Yeah, but we recognize the need for God's power. And this is the same power by which God created the heavens and the earth. It's the same power that parted the sea for Moses and that Jesus used to heal the sick and cast out demons. It was that power that raised Christ from the dead and brought a baptism of fire on the first Christians. All these miracles happened through the power of prayer. Moses prayed before Yahweh. Jesus prayed to the Father for miracles, and the early Christians prayed together in the upper room. Whether it was Daniel in the lion's den or Elijah before the false prophets, prayer constantly served the important figures of the Bible. And we can harness the same power in our lives. God gives us this power through his Holy Spirit. Paul tells the Ephesians in chapter 1, verses 18 to 19, quote, I pray that our God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him. And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe, according to the working of his great power? Our Heavenly Father gives us this power through his Son, Jesus. There is power in Jesus' name. And in John chapter 14, verse 13, Jesus says, quote, I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son, end quote. And in her book, The Power of Praying Women, Stormy Omershin says, we have to put our expectations in the Lord and not in other things or people. Prayer works because God wants our complete dependence on him. Yeah, no. Mm. He wants us to recognize that without him, we can't transcend our limitations. Yeah, and no. Mm. God is the source of our fulfillment. He is and wants us to make him the answer to our longings. Yes and no. The The point is, whatever you take to him, mm-hmm. if you take your biggest struggle, your biggest worry, your biggest whatever to him with a clear heart and with true intention and you say, help me with this, mm-hmm. nine times out of ten, he will help you. I have found myself personally mm-hmm. when I'm praying that Sometimes God doesn't answer your prayer in the way that you expect. Mm -hmm. If you ask him for, you know, help me through this particular struggle, his answer to that prayer may not necessarily be the means by which you think you need to get through your struggle. Like you may find yourself in yet another struggle, but come out the other end better for it, having made your way through 
both struggles where essentially you thought you just had to get through the one. Depending on where you pursue that, because mm-hmm. th- that's the whole free will arrangement. Correct. The free will part is the tough part. Yes. And especially when you get into uh, acts of faith. Acts of faith, you have to have a level of trust and you have yes. to surrender that thing in your mind mm-hmm. that's driving you in a different direction. Right. And this is really, you don't even have to go to God to kind of find this stuff out. It's even like if you're working with your parents as a kid or something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And there's something you want and you have it in your head on, well, if I just go this way, but a parent will, you know, a good parent. Yes. We'll show you another way. Yes. To get that. A better a way to get it. Well, and even just a different route, mm-hmm. a different route altogether. Mm-hmm. So you just have that ability in your mind to say, yeah, okay, maybe at a younger age, you sit there and like I said, under a good parent and someone who gives good parental direction. Yeah, I want this certain thing, but I've learned that there's more than one approach. There's more yeah. than one way to things. Mm-hmm. And that's where people get line locked in. You know, we were just listening about it today where, you know, people just get stuck in this like model of I got to go through school. Once I go to school, I graduate school. Then I go to college and I graduate college and I find somebody and I I get get married and, you know, or, you know, I get a job and, you know, I get married and then I have kids and, you know, and that's the, that's the line, that's the the model, that's the path. But, but it, it never works out just like that. Necessarily that that way. Yeah. No. No. And and that's what uh, I, you know, unfortunately kids aren't told at a young age, like no, they need to be not. told that it's, it doesn't work out the way you think it's going to work. Yeah. Out. And it, you know, it even really works in straight lines. Yeah. You're, you're yes. The shortest distance mm-hmm. between two points is a straight line, yeah. but the way that you, you grow and you actually evolve mm-hmm. is through struggle. So well, essentially you're going to have several roadblocks that you need to accomplish you're gonna have tons to get of them. through. You Your should path. have them every day. Correct. You know, yes. and then this is where prayer becomes interesting because yes. really what prayer is doing is you're asking. Yeah. I mean, let's just break it down to its lowest common mm-hmm. denominator here. You're in a spot. It may not be you in a spot. Right. It might be someone else in a spot that you're doing the praying for, mm-hmm. but you're seeking help. Right. Yeah. Let's not say it's a bailout or whatever, because no. like I agree with what Father says that God's not a vending machine. No, He's not. Like, you don't put a coin and hit the button and get what you want. And get your bag of Doritos. You yeah, know? no, yeah. it doesn't work that way. So this is where science kind of melds in with religion, believe it or not, mm-hmm. because when people meditate, pray, yes. and that's why I said earlier we're not really going to get into a say specific denomination overall in this. No. <clears throat> this is uh, the basis of Islam. This is the basis of uh, Buddhism and Christianity. Um, Judaism. Judaism. Mm-hmm. People will get into prayer. Yes. And I don't care who you're talking about, but the ones that dedicate somewhere around 20 minutes a day or more of prayer, focused prayer mm-hmm. in their lives are pretty freaking grounded. Yes. There are some pretty grounded people. Mm-hmm. And and I think there's a lot to be had there. There's a lot to, to say there. Yes. And, and that's ultimately what was like the nexus genesis, I hate to say, of this episode. Yes. And bringing it up is to kind of point this glaring, obvious thing. You see somebody who has their crap together. And I mean, not all the physical things in their life. 
their actual crap together. Yeah. They, you put them in an emotional crisis and they rise above it. Yep. They keep their head on a mm-hmm. swivel, but yet they're, they're focused and determined. Yep. I guarantee they're doing some sort of either meditation or praying yep. for 20 minutes a day, mm-hmm. every day, regardless. Yes. And, and this is where you start looking into the science. And there was actually uh, this scientist doing this, uh, this brain scanning. And um, what he ended up doing was um, he connected with this Tibetan Buddhist who meditated at least an hour a day mm-hmm. for 40 years. Yeah. Just one hour every single day. And during a peak meditative uh, experience, uh, he would say he feels this one with, uh, oneness with the universe. Yes. Time slips away. Total meditation stuff. And uh, it's as if the present moment expands to fill out for all of eternity. Mm-hmm. So he's explaining this and he's like uh, that there's never been anything but this eternal now. And mm-hmm. you're in this kind of state. Yeah. So the med- the scientist um, had this person meditate in um, his uh, brain scanner okay. and his brain mirrored those feelings. As expected, right. yes. his frontal lobes would light up on the screen and, you know, this meditation of sheer concentration. But what fascinated the scientists was that this guy's uh, perennial lobes would actually go dark. Mm. And this was an area that normally takes our sensory information. Right. So like when you're seeing something and you're seeing something like amazing happen, you're the, those perennial lobes, parietal will, lobes, the parietal lobes will just blow right up. It'll blow right up in the scanner. And um, and this, you know, creates us a sense of ourselves and orients ourselves in the world that the scientist is explaining. But when people lose their sense of self and feel a sense of oneness, a blurring of the boundary between self and other, they found this decreases in activity in that area. And it didn't happen with just this guy. He got other monks mm-hmm. and it was the same thing. Same. Right. Inter- they did uh, Franciscan nuns praying. And they did uh, yeah. these uh, people chanting and things mm-hmm. like that, all feeling this oneness with the universe. But when it comes to the brain, basically the scientist was saying a spiritual experience is a spiritual experience. Correct. And went as yes. far as to say there's no Christian, there's no Jewish, there's no Muslim. It's all just one. And, of course, that's a theological bomb right there. Yes. Um, but but this is a scientist looking at research and yes. and just looking at the data there. So, again... You're in a tough situation. You go and pray and you pray that's asking. Yes. And what you're doing, if you're doing it right, and when I say doing it right is just do pray with no interruptions, no mm-hmm. distractions, toss your phone somewhere, or put it in airplane yep. mode or whatever. Do not disturb. And and what it does is it brings you a peace. But I think personally, from my experience with prayer, is that it pulls you away from everything and you find this peace mm-hmm. and it allows you to get away from this chaos mess Yes, that you you find yourself in, whether it's at your job or relationship or whatever. It's almost just like equivocal reset button yeah. just to, just to tap and, mm-hmm. and, and do that. And what I find is the more and more you do this every single day, it really does have an effect. It does. It has a strong effect. Yeah. Um, I'd have to say since, since we went back to church, I have been praying two years ago, every single day. Mm-hmm. And there 
has been a marked difference in how I take in and interpret the world around me. Mm-hmm. I see things differently than I did before, but by the same token, there are several things that I take to God on a daily basis. For example, at I I have a specific group of people that I pray for specifically for cancer. Yeah. A group of people that have all been diagnosed and within that group at various times, I'd have to say, right now I'm praying for 11. Mm-hmm. Of that 11, three or four, maybe up to five, are actually actively in remission, mm-hmm. which is pretty compelling. Yeah. No, it is. And and then there's another thing. I mean, you know, there was an example I honestly... This person says it way better than than I would, but um, so five months ago, I started doing the rosary every day. Yes, and and I found when I leave work for work, mm-hmm. I'll hop in my car and I'll play the rosary on the Hollow app. Right, and it plays from my dri- our driveway to your work driveway to. The work parking spot, or I've had some weird moments where right where I'm punching in, like it swiping is. with my card, yeah. it's over. Mm-hmm. Or like even when I, but I never get to my desk and it's still going. Right. Like before yeah. my desk, it ends at some point. And so it became this beautiful ritual for me. Mm-hmm. I wake up in the morning, I pull up my phone, I say some prayers for about 20, 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. But it started out before I jumped the gun, you know, it started out with little prayers. Yeah. I started out with just stuff. I I began my morning and I ended my morning in prayer. Mm -hmm. And that was something father advised me with. And, and honestly, I think it's the best advice for anyone. Especially start your, start your morning morning with with prayer prayer and your evening and your evening with prayer with prayer. It's your last thing. And the way father says is you're starting your day, giving it to God. Right. And you're ending your day, giving it to God. Right. Yes. You know. And if you don't believe in God, again, I just urge you to do 20 minutes of just meditation. Right. Yes. Quiet thought. Yes. You know, introspection. And and here's the thing. It it doesn't even have to be religious. You could just close your eyes and wish good things for people. Mm -hmm. Wish things for your family. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to rouge you into God, but I'm telling you, you're going to start coming around to God. Mm -hmm. And if that creeps you out, makes you afraid, you got to ask yourself, what am I afraid of? Yeah. You know, and start searching into those feelings. It's worth it. It's really worth it. So I did this this beginning, you know, the bookends, I would call it. Yeah. Then I found the bit with the rosary. Mm-hmm. And I started doing the rosary in the car. And then I'm finding out on Saturday, like I wake up, I do my little bit, my little prayers. I, you know, yeah. I got some emailed to me and stuff like that. And then I'm like, I got to do the rosary. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't do the rosary now. Like, I have to do the rosary every right. single yes. day. Or I'm off. Yeah. I'm real off. I, you know, I just, I, I feel off and I just, and it's also this connection now yes. that I have with God. Mm-hmm. There's no other way to put it. It's God yeah. and Christ that I have this connection with. And 
If you are Catholic and you're not saying the rosary and you're out of faith, I'm telling you, you do that rosary every day. You're going to find yourself going back to church. Yes. You're going to find yourself doing these things. This is why religion has lasted as long as it's lasted. Right. It's because of prayer. Yes. Prayer is that little gateway that you can do yourself, that you can connect with. You don't need a priest. You don't need a father. You don't need a spiritual elder. You don't need any of that stuff. And what it does is it quiets you and it shows you that peace, that peace that you're losing in your day. Yes. That peace that things are robbing from Mm -hmm. you. And that's ultimately what compels people to pray. It separates you from the chaos of the world. Yeah. And gives you that moment of introspection, that, that moment of solitude where you have peace. Mm hmm. Even even if it's just those 20 minutes, you have 20 minutes of peace. And I submit, who doesn't need 20 minutes yeah. of peace? It's really a call to action that I'm throwing to everybody yeah. here. In this chaotic time, yes. in this chaotic time of doubt everywhere, yes. I just ask, I endearly ask, I pray. <laughs> yeah. I pray that you, 20 minutes a day for 30 days. Yes. It's better than any diet for food. Mm-hmm. It's better than any physical thing. And I'm telling you, it's going to wrap that part around too. Mm-hmm. And you're going to do 20 minutes and then it's just like working out. You're going to be like, well, I just did this 20 minutes. I could do another. I carry my rosary in my pocket everywhere I go. Mm-hmm. And if I'm in line, I fire off a couple Hail Marys. Mm-hmm. I'm not worshiping Mary. No. I'm not even really praying to Mary. It's the background music to remind me that I should be that I can fit some time in to pray for either my house, myself, Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. someone else, or just everyone around me. And you just become, you know, spoiler alert, you're going to start becoming this really considerate person. Yes. Yes, you you will. And and you're not going to let anger. If you start feeling anger and you start feeling that in, pull it in. Yeah. Say say a prayer. Yep. And and by the time you're done with that, you're over it. Mm Mm-hmm. And you know what? If you want to give God credit to that, do it. Yeah, fine. But if you don't, it's a it's a form of meditation. Whatever, got to, You got to con yourself into thinking. Right. Yeah. You know, I don't care if it's. That's where I'm at in my faith right now. I don't. I don't care if it's uh, you worship God or Allah or whatever. Right. Yeah. If it makes you a peaceful person. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. At the end of the day. Yeah. That's it, what we're after. And the recipe is twenty minutes of prayer a day. It really is. It's so. Not into all this Bible woo-woo and yeah. prayer stuff? What's science got to we'll say about all this? Put some zeros and ones to it. It's so a- religious traditions across the world display beliefs in healing through prayer. The healing powers of prayer have been examined in triple-blind, randomized, controlled trials. They illustrate randomized, controlled trials on prayer and healing with one study in each of different categories of outcome. Mm-hmm. We provide a critical analysis. This is from a scientific paper. We provide a critical analysis of the scientific and philosophical dimensions of each research. Prayer has been reported to improve outcomes in human as well as non-human species. To have no effect on outcomes, to worsen outcomes, or to have retrospective healing effects. For a multitude of reasons, research on the healing effects of prayer is riddled with assumptions, challenges, contradictions that make the subject a scientific and religious minefield. It's tough. 
We believe that the research has led nowhere and that future research, if any, will forever be constrained by the scientific limitations that we outline. Mm -hmm. Prayer is a special form of meditation and may therefore convey all the health benefits that have been associated with meditation. Here we go. Different types of meditation have been shown to result in psychological and biological changes that are actually or potentially associated with improved health. Meditation has been found to produce a a clinically significant reduction in resting as well as ambulatory blood pressure to reduce heart rate, to result in cardiorespiratory synchronization, to alter levels of melatonin and serotonin, to suppress corticostriatal glucodemogenic neurotransmission, to boost the immune response, to decrease the levels of reactive oxygen species as measured by ultra-weak photon emission, to reduce stress and promote positive mood states, to reduce anxiety and pain and enhance self-esteem, and to have a favorable influence on overall and spiritual quality of life in late-stage disease. Interestingly, spiritual meditation has been found to be superior to secular meditation and relaxation in terms of decrease in anxiety and improvement in positive mood, spiritual health, spiritual experience, as well as tolerance to pain. Spontaneous remission is well known to occur in conditions that range from medical disorders, um, psychiatric uh, states like depression and mania, regression to the mean describes improvement that occurs as a result of random fluctuation in the severity of the illness. In other words, if it starts out really bad and you meditate and you focus, what was really bad lessens in its degree of severity. Mm -hmm. And in clinical trials, because patients are usually pre-selected for greater severity of illness, such fluctuations usually occur in only one direction, i.e. toward improvement. Nonspecific emotional support provides psychological benefits through interpersonal contact, such as during diagnostic and rating exercises. Nonspecific support can reduce anxiety, depression, pain, and similar constructs. So let's get into the actual... Studies. Mm -hmm. Aston et al. conducted a systematic review of the literature on the efficacy of any form of distant healing as a treatment for any medical condition. In other words, you're talking about prayer groups that are praying for people that they don't know, have never met, have zero contact with, essentially. A total of 23 trials involving 2,774 patients met the inclusion criteria and were subjected to analysis. Of these studies, 13, which is about 57%, Mm -hmm. yielded statistically significant treatment effects favoring distant healing. Nine showed no superiority of distant healing over control interventions, and one showed a negative effect for distant healing. Mm -hmm. The methodological limitations of many of the studies, however, made it difficult to draw definitive conclusions about the efficacy of distant healing. Of note, Aston et al. defined distant healing to include spiritual healing, prayer, and any form of healing from a distance, affected as a conscious act that seeks to benefit another person. Therapeutic touch and Reiki were both included in the definition, as both of these may elicit an expectancy response. But it becomes even harder to draw definitive conclusions about the literature 
that Aston at all examined when you include the touch and the Reiki because that's no longer distant Mm -hmm. healing. Yeah. In another systematic review, Crawford et al. examined the quality of studies of hands-on healing and distance healing that were published between 1955 and 2001. There were 90 identified studies, of which 45 had been conducted in clinical settings, 45 in laboratory settings. Crawford et al. reported that 71% of the clinical studies and 62% of the laboratory studies reported positive outcomes, and that the overall internal validity for the studies on distance healing was 75% for the clinical investigations and 81% for the laboratory investigations. Major methodological problems of the identified studies were an inadequacy of blinding. In other words, they didn't double blind or triple blind. Mm and dropped data in laboratory studies, unreliability of outcome measures and frequent use of power estimations and confidence intervals. So essentially they're stating, you know, that's pretty impressive for 75% or 81%, but they also know, yeah, but it wasn't as strict a trial as it could be. Well, but that's a tough part with all these is like, you can't do your blind control group. Like you can't have a control group in this because- how do you not have someone not being prayed for? You could have some devoted nun somewhere, or someone like myself that just sits there waiting in line yeah. and saying, you know praying what? For people. I'm praying for everyone who's sick right now. And that's where these studies get tough. Well, you know? this is the one that kind of knocked me off my feet. Shah et al. Mm-hmm. studied 219 consecutive infertile women aged 26 to 46 who were treated with in vitro fertilization, embryo transfer, and Seoul, South Korea. These women were randomized into distant prayer and control groups. Prayer was conducted by prayer groups in the USA, Canada, and Australia. The patients and their providers were not informed about, you know, who who was praying, who wasn't. Yeah, this is a crazy stuff. The investigators and even the statisticians did not know the group allocations until the data had been collected. Thus, the study was randomized, triple blind, controlled, and prospective in, in design. So essentially, this is like a scientist's wet dream. Like, this is the triple blind. Mm-hmm. So Cha et al. found that the women who had been prayed for had nearly twice as high a pregnancy rate as those who had not been prayed for. Furthermore, the women who had been prayed for showed a higher implantation rate than those who had not been prayed for. Finally, the benefits of prayer were independent of clinical or laboratory providers and clinical variables. Thus, this study showed that distant prayer facilitates or seemed to Mm -hmm. facilitate the implantation and pregnancy for these women, which is kind of... yeah. It's it's kind of impressing. It's revealing. So, does that not do it for you? <laughs> All right, let's go non-human species. Lesniak described a study on the effect of intercessory prayer on wound healing in non-human primate species. Yeah. The sample comprised of 22 bush babies, Otelomer garnetti, with wounds resulting from chronic self-injurious behavior, These animals were randomized into prayer and control groups that were similar at baseline. Prayer was conducted for four weeks. Both groups of bush babies additionally received L-tryptophan, 
and Lesniak found that the prayer group animals had a greater reduction in wound size and a greater improvement in hematological parameters than the control animals. The study is important because it was conducted in a non-human species. Therefore, the likelihood of the placebo effect is removed from the equation. Yeah. Because, you know, do monkeys know how to pray for themselves? So those two, I thought, were pretty impressive. Now, they did include a study on uh, cardiac patients that was abysmal. It didn't matter how people prayed for them or how much people prayed for them. They just didn't get or they didn't seem to get the results that these studies got. But again, you know, you don't know. You don't know how it was conducted, how they they pulled their data, how they chose their their parameters, who they chose, who they opted in, who they opted out. It's just it's it's interesting though. But taking a step back for a second, even if we take science out of this, even if we take the Bible out of this, each of us has a story from our life mm-hmm. where Someone was sick or someone was injured or someone was in the hospital and insert, you know, someone prayed or there was a prayer group praying for them. And these people made remarkable, dare I say, miraculous turnarounds. There's tons of them. There's like, I I can't tell you how many firsthand stories I have of people who are like, yeah, you know, this was, Mm -hmm. this was the situation. You know, we started a prayer chain, we started a prayer group and we just kept praying. And the next thing you know, this person that was in dire straits, all of a sudden is, is fine. Mm -hmm. It's, it's compelling. No, without a doubt. And after a while, you just start reading historically again. I just can't stress to read more. Yes. In this time now, I just to read more. These stories are out here. And then you start reading more and more of them. And then you got to ask the big question, like, why aren't these talked about more? You know, and mm-hmm. and, and then you start looking into that. And that's mm-hmm. a whole separate deal of I, I really am convinced that there is an evil entity of some kind that yes. doesn't want you to know about this stuff. No. And then you got to kind of sit there and ask, ask yourself, yourself why, why, yeah. you know, it's a compelling question. It is. And, you know, just even talking about prayer on another level in the 1620s, uh, pilgrims at this time were landing on Plymouth rock and, mm-hmm. you know, they're having their first Thanksgiving or whatever. And, you know, for those of you that read a different book and your head's exploding, I'm sorry, but that's how history went. And, uh, there's this uh, Jumano tribe in, uh, where is now Texas. Mm-hmm. And they were having these uh, mysterious encounters, what they called the Lady in Blue. Okay. Um, a young ethereal lady dressed in a habit with a blue cape is said to have appeared to the Jumano Native Americans numerous times during these years, mm-hmm. speaking to them in their native language yep. and instructing them in the Christian faith. Yes. Thousands of miles away... In a, in a convent in Spain, mm-hmm. Sister Maria de uh, Agredia was reporting mystical visits that would occur during prayer. Mm-hmm. So she's in prayer yep. having these visits. Visions. Yep. You know, 
and during uh, it's during mass after uh, receiving communion um, to a tribe of native people in what was called New Spain at the time. Mm-hmm. She would have these prayerful, mystical experiences of coming over to the new world, visiting these people, evangelizing them, sharing the faith with them, um, you know, etc. And when she would come, she'd encourage them to go to uh, missions and, you know, all of this stuff. It's yeah. all taken open. The Vatican reopened this, this case mm-hmm. and was looking into it because what happened was is people from Spain went over to this area. Right. To the new world. To the new world. Yep. And they met this tribe. Mm -hmm. And this tribe knew everything of how they practiced Catholicism. Right. Yes. And and they're asking, they're like, who? Yeah. How? How did you, how did you figure this out? And they go, you know, the woman in blue, they Mm -hmm. kept saying. Yeah. So they thought it was Mary. Right. So they show a picture of Mary. Mm -hmm. And they're like, no. No. That's not her. Mm -hmm. And they're like, what? So they send this back to Spain. The story. Yes. And they're like, you won't believe what the hell's going on here. Mm-hmm. And and all of a sudden, they start talking around in the convents in Spain and stuff. Yeah. And the sister's like, yeah, I'm doing this by location thing. I'm talking right. to people yeah. over there. And yes. so they send her picture. Yes. To them. To, and, they, yeah. and they go, is this her? And they're like, that's, that's her. That's her. Yeah. <laughs> She's never been there. Right. Yeah. She's never been there at all. And she was... She was remote teaching. She yeah. was the first Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, and, and Catholics call this bilocation. Right. There's a lot of examples of this. Yes. Padre Pio was a good example. Uh, there's a, a, a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's fascinating. And again, like the fact that people just don't even want to talk about these stories. Yes. Really compels me to ask why. Why? Yeah. You know, why are you so quick to dismiss? To dismiss it. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's it's a really, you know, we did the story last year in April with um, uh, Lady Guadalupe. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was witnessed, that whole big event. Yes. By a bunch of people, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, and these are documented experiences of it. Yeah. And uh, the, um, the young Fatima children. Yeah. You know, there was a thousand people that witnessed that crazy thing in the sky yes. of going on. Yeah. And this was in the early 1900s. Mm-hmm. It's not 1600, mm-hmm. year 200, 100, yeah. you know, it's a hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yet again, don't want to talk about it. No. Don't want to even bring it up. Yep. Don't want to. Oh, it's just crazy, wacky religion bullshit. You know. Is it? Is it though? Is it though? You yeah. know, and you got to start asking that stuff. Mm-hmm. And And I think right now. We are in a point, and again, like I, I throw it as a 30-day challenge, 20 right. minutes of prayer a day, do it. Just just try it. Try it on yeah. and see how it goes. Start I guarantee our Father, yeah. Lord's Prayer. Or just pray for people. Yeah, just pray. You don't have to bring God into it. Just yeah. I, I just pray that this person is okay, this mm-hmm. person does well. Because mm-hmm. here's what happens. You end up being, I, I mean it so much, you'll end up being a nicer person. And when you're a nicer yes. person, you're an example to others. Yes. So instead of protesting and calling people a bunch of fucking assholes. Right. And yes. a bunch of fucking jerks yes. and a bunch of this. Yes. Why don't you simmer down? Yeah. Instead of polarizing, why don't you? Yeah. No, simmer down. Yep. And if you really have good intents for people, good intentions for people, put them in your thoughts. Pray yeah. for them. Yeah. 
Because yeah. here's it is. You be, you're not being a nice person protesting calling someone a fucking jerk. No. Nobody cares about you. No. I'm just going to be honest. Yeah. Everybody it's not thinks, about you. Everybody thinks you've lost your mind. Yeah. But if that person who's being crazy, protesting, or just uprising or mm-hmm. revolting yeah. hurts someone that is a nice person, mm-hmm. that's a martyr. That's an absolute martyr, that person that got hurt. Mm-hmm. And that memory will remain for a long time. Yeah. The good person that got mauled over by the wicked, terrible, out of control person. Yeah. And I'm telling you, the gateway to all that is prayer, meditation. Yeah. 20 minutes a day. Yeah. You will become a better version of yourself. Yes. It's not being a better person. It's not better than being, it's being a better version of yourself. And I learned this the most when my mom got cancer. Yes. And this story here that I'm going to read from this woman, um, her name, because I'm trying to give credit here, uh, or not her, sorry, his name, Dan Connors. Okay. Uh, but I, it might be the, um, it might be a story of someone else. But what it is is basically uh, this family that gets a, a diagnosis, and you know, you just start. When a diagnosis of a family member comes in, uh, you just, you can't hide this fear anymore. No. You know, and you know, you just got this distress in your eyes. Mm-hmm. And this was about this woman for her son. Um, and nobody in the room at the moment talked about the the Paschal mystery or, you know, none of no. that stuff. Yes. Uh, nobody had to. Whether we realized it or not, you're living it now. You're living this crisis and it becomes real. I remember yes. sitting there at work of all places, speakerphone with the the doctor, mm. and he just throws a diagnosis. You've got stage four lung cancer, yep. telling it to my mom. Yep. I can't be there in the room, yeah. you know, because I'm two hours away and I'm working. Inoperable. And inoperable, and, and I'm just sitting there at work yeah. like, fuck, you know, this, yeah. this sucks. And, um, and she was in the hospital when he getting it, but I just remember I was living it. And she goes, and that's where prayer came in. I'm reading this person's words now. My own first panicky prayers were pleased that this uh, is not to be so, but it was so. And we had to deal with it. Yes. And I think that's the beginning part of praying in there. Yes. I know in my end where I was praying at first, it was that. It's like, gosh, I really wish this wasn't happening. Mm-hmm. And, and. You know, this is what we're listening mm-hmm. earlier to today is you're trying to avoid reality. Yes. This is what happens here. Yes. And this is where prayer is good because prayer can get you seated into in reality. reality. Yeah. And that's what prayer did to me with my mom being diagnosed because mm-hmm. I went from, you know, please don't let this be soda. Yeah. Okay. It All is. Right. You know, so then there's this weird thing that happens and I just bonded with this this uh this writing so much it was the loving concern and prayers of all the people around us that helped us recognize and touch god's loving presence with us in these terrible months people prayed for us they sent messages to let us know that we were in their thoughts and when they were able they did more they cooked us food bought us gas to travel back and forth to the hospital they bought um her son a wee console mm-hmm with the exercise module so that he could try to stay fit in between bouts 
of chemo, nausea, and lumbar Mm -hmm. uh, puncture headaches. Their parish held a fish fry to raise money for costs not covered by insurance, to which amazing crowds came. It was all prayer. Prayer and thought and prayer and action. It was the hand of God reaching out in love and reminding us that we are all together. Yeah. That the suffering of one is the suffering of all. Yes. And that is God very, very close. Mm-hmm. And it's the same for my own prayer for others, like any good mystery experience. Intercessional prayer lifts me out of my own self-centered concerns and helps me focus on the needs of others. Mm-hmm. That really is. That line yeah. right there was just, that's the heart of praying right there. Yes. It's not worship. No. It's not any of that. It's it's pulling you out of your stuff and giving you this ability to get out of your own self-centered concerns Yes, and help you focus on the need of others. It helps to be a sign of God's closeness to someone in need, and it spurs me on. When I'm able to extend my prayer by doing whatever I can to help. And in all of it, I have an opportunity to recognize and even to be in my own very limited way, the very presence of God. This is the deep part of it Mm -hmm. where you, that connection Mm -hmm. where all those lobes go dark Yep. and you're in this presence, Mm -hmm. whether it's a deity, a God, nature, whatever, Mm -hmm. this is it. It's uh, in in Buddhism, it's the nispana that you yeah. get in. And and while we're always hoping for good outcomes, we celebrate and we become the loving presence of God no matter what happens. Yeah. This isn't enough for people who pray for miracles. No. Because if you pray for miracles, that's not going to be enough for you. No. But that's it. Yeah. That's what you get. That's mm-hmm. the gift. Yeah. That's the miracle. The mm-hmm. miracle was I'd go and visit my mom in her apartment complex and all these people are pulling for her. Yeah. And not just pulling for her. They turn to me. They're like, Frank, you don't, Frankie, you don't need to worry about it over here. Yeah. She's got a, a whole team of people. She's got know, an immense support 20, group. 20 people in that apartment complex. And they're like, if we don't hear from her, we go right up to her door and knock. Yep. Hey, Mary, how you doing? And they cook her food. Yeah. You know, because she can't move around as well with the, the swelling in her yeah. legs and everything. And it's, it's tearful. You know, yeah. I mean, it's just, you look and you're like, Holy, you know, I mean, it's people rallying around and all praying and just, uh, and my prayers being answered, Yeah, answered. I didn't want her. It went from this can't be to it is to all I prayed for was that I just didn't want her to suffer. Right. Yes. And I find her not suffering in these small ways. Yeah. She's not suffering trying to figure out how to eat. No. Because she's got food coming in from all yep. over the place. Mm-hmm. She's not suffering from being alone because she's no. got these people yeah. around her. They call her. They stop in. Yeah. They they have their My brother get and I started talking again. Yeah. Yeah. The miracle of all miracles there. Yeah. And then on top of all that, all of it working, mm-hmm. she's clear. Yeah. There was a medication. She had the rarest mutation there is for cancer. Yeah. And there was a medication for it. And we're like, okay, that's cool. No, but it's $15,000 a month. So we're like, not cool. That's not cool. You know, then an angel investor comes in and pays for her medication because they want the data. Yeah. It's like, 
It's experimental yeah. medication. So you look at just miracle after miracle yeah. after miracle yeah. after miracle after miracle, you know, and you start looking at them. And of course, there weren't great days. I mean, she had problems with her blood pressure. Oh, yeah. Her legs yeah. are swelled from from all the fluid. Yeah. And she has a hard time walking. She's got to walk with a walker. You know, now we're talking about maybe, you know, can she even have her car anymore? Yeah. And that's a tough thing for a senior citizen to go through, you know, but... You have all these things and yeah. you can't pick and choose what you want. And no. it goes back to, you know, if you're someone who's praying for miracles and just miracles, you're never going to be satisfied. No. You know, because it's what's your, it's what's in your head. Yeah. It's your expectation yeah. and that's not how it works. And and for someone who's in that atheism side and all that, that's why you're freaking angry all, all the, the time. damn time. Yeah. You know, you have unrealistic expectations. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm speaking it from example. Yes. That was me. Yes. And I just had these unrealistic expectations out of everything and everyone. everyone. Yeah. You know, I felt, you know, it just, it's unreal. And I mean, you know, don't believe me. Look where Sam Harris is right now. The dark place that Sam Harris is in. He said some crazy out of line stuff. I mean, the one thing I heard him say, uh, you know, at one point he got so dark, you know, and this is the guy who says good is in the genes. Mm -hmm. Everybody's genetically good. You don't need God. Good's just around. No, sir. It's not. And Sam Harris starting to talk saying that he said COVID should have been worse. So Mm -hmm. people would have learned their lesson. More people needed to die. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So how's all that working for you, Sam? Because you're looking pretty fucking dark over there. Uh, yeah. You're looking real yeah, dark. What happened to everybody's born yeah. good? What happened to everybody's born good and everybody gets to, you know, and this is the fragile thing. And we're in the state now. I think that's a rather naive statement to begin with. Mm-hmm. You can't say everybody's born good when there's tons of no. evidence that supports there are people who are not born good. Yeah. There are people who are born bad. Yeah. But no, and they what, become they become our future problems, what, our future serial yeah. killers. No, it's true. But what yeah. an atheist doesn't, you know, will say is is that you don't need the Ten Commandments to be good. The Ten Commandments are common sense. The the you know, and I'm speaking this from a former, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. borderline atheist at times. But I tell you what, no matter what, when the chips got down, I prayed. Yeah. I prayed in our father, mm-hmm. you know, or if you're Protestant and up through there, the Lord's prayer, Yeah, you know, but that's the thing is you're getting a lot of people now, you know, it was just customary. You were born, you were baptized, you went to church for a while. Mm-hmm. That was really the, the long trend for yeah. a long, long time. And I got to laugh because people are saying, man, people are losing their freaking minds. People aren't getting baptized and going to church as kids. Yeah, yeah. There's been a lot of. I'm sorry, that's the truth. Whether you want to hear it or not, yeah, that's the truth. Yeah, because you now are having generations of people that have never been near a Bible, yeah. never been through church, nothing, and then school tells them it's a sham on top of it just yeah. to embolden them. Yes, and look at them now; they're a mess. Depression yep. is at an all-time high. Yes, anxiety. Suicide rates, anxiety. Yeah. You can't even handle somebody giving you a little bit of freaking criticism. Yes. You know, I mean, it's un, it's it's unmistakable. The the parallels there yes. are massive. When we shut out God and, as a, I, I, I want to say, as a community, yeah. we this is, this is where we have that divergence. Yeah. That's where we went from having our collective shit together yeah. to this 
mass chaos, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this stark polarization. And when did when did the extremes on both sides, honestly? Yeah. When did that? I, how does how does that work for everyone? It doesn't. No, it doesn't. But I think this is the cost of a first world. I, these are first, first world, world problems. No, they are first yeah. world problems. It's when life gets too easy for you, mm-hmm. and you take for granted what you have. Right. You know, and and you're never really in a point where you're in big trouble in your life, yeah. and you know, yeah. and and I mean, you can just see it. The people who have lived without tend to be a little bit more on the religious side. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, I mean, it just yep. because there's times where your chips are down and you're just wired spiritually. Yeah. I don't care yeah. what the hell you think. You're wired to look at something else, something yeah. higher. And and to me, I think it's a good thing, even if it's all wrong. Yeah. Even if it's all wrong and it's not even true. I think the fact is, is you need to have something higher than you, a person, a human being. Period. Whatever. Yeah. You because, have to have something higher. Yeah. And this is what like dictator type governments want. Yeah. They want to destroy God in you. Yes. Because then the government becomes your God. Yeah. And that's what Rome was when Christ was around. Yes. Yes, it you was. You couldn't do shit without Rome. Correct. Rome was front and center. Yes. On everything. Yes. You paid your taxes to Rome. Yes. You did everything. You did Rome. everything through Rome. You pro- processed all your criminals mm-hmm. through Rome. Yep. Even then, like the the rabbis and all that, they were spiritual leaders. That was it, you know. And I mean, they they kept the whole spiritualism part of it. But Rome was the rule. Rome was the god. Yeah, it really was. I mean, even with the death of Christ. I mean, you know, <laughs> this time of Easter, you know, those who are church going and all that. This is where Pilate brought up. Uh. Uh, Barabbas. Barabbas and Christ. Yeah. You know, and you had a, a criminal that everybody knew. Yes. And you had Christ. And Pilate's like, which one? You yeah. can pick one. Yeah. That you was know, Rome. That was Rome asking that. That was that was Rome clearing and the state. Pilate saying, you know, I don't see yeah. anything wrong with this guy. Yeah. Like, I can release him to you. And, and they're like, no, give us Barabbas. Yeah. And he's so, like, are you sure? They chose the criminal. Yeah. Over the savior. Yes. You know, and this is a, a, just a, an amazing story to begin with. Yeah. And, and so there you have Pilate has to obey the mob. Yeah. And this is where all of it just went terrible. Yes. You know, cause Rome doesn't have control but, anymore. The rabbis don't have control anymore. But when Jesus died on the cross yeah. and there was the earthquake and the tearing of the veil. The tearing of the veil. Yeah. Even the centurions. Yeah. Which are the Roman guards. Yeah, they're are like, all sitting there like, oh, shit. Oh, he is the son of this man. Was, you know? <laughs> this was real, y'all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the problem, you know. Yeah. Oops. No, and that's the whole beauty of the Christ story. It's it's a really beautiful story. Yeah. You know, even as we were hearing today, you know, and just being re-reminded of all of it. It's, you know, it was almost a murder. Yeah. I'm. It was almost a yeah. murder. The only reason it wasn't a murder is he volunteered. Yeah. And he surrendered to yeah. it. And yeah, he became he a did. martyr for it. He did. Well, he, he knew he had to. No, but the fact yeah. is, is that's the point. Yeah. And it led up all through there. Mm-hmm. The wedding at Cana. Mm-hmm. The, 
the, the of healing yeah. of the blind, yeah. the, the you know, re- raising resurrecting the Laz- Lazarus, Lazarus, all yeah. of this rise yep. to this Casting moment. Casting out the demons. To he, prove that yeah. this is what you have to do. Yep. This is the right thing to do. Because if he wasted everyone there, it would have been just a vicious, terrible God. Yeah. Like every other freaking God story yeah. in history. But what makes Christ an exception is the fact that he agreed to it. He, mm-hmm. he, he gave to it and, and he submitted to it. And that in turn made him the martyr he was and completed up to yeah. the next steps of resurrection and so forth. So with the power of prayer, I mean, it is tough scientifically because, you know, the, it's the control group that you have a mess with. Because like I said, someone could be just sitting in line praying for all the people who aren't feeling well. Mm-hmm. And I wish, you know, yeah. and, and that's tough. But there are these instances, like what you mentioned, you know, where you start looking and, and you're like, wow, yeah. that's that's pretty revealing. Yes. And I just, again, if you want to conduct your own experiment with it. Give it a try. Commit 30 days. Well, here's the thing. Just do 10 minutes. Even if you're on the atheist side of the fence, what's it hurting? Yeah. You, you know, know if, gonna... you, if you give yourself up to meditation... Mm-hmm. and or prayer for a period of time what have what have you got to lose like yeah. there's it's a win-win it you know even if there is quote unquote nothing you didn't really lose anything you gave yourself those few moments of peace if nothing else isn't that worth something mm. in the broad scheme of things it should be you know you would think right? yeah yeah you know you have yeah. 900, if you sleep eight hours, you get 960 minutes a day. Yep. That's what you have at your disposal. Just, Do with them what you will. Just crank out 20 minutes for prayer mm-hmm. a day. Yeah. It, it literally is. And like I said, if you're Catholic, start doing a rosary every day. Yeah. You know, you don't have to do it all in one chunk either. No, break it up. You can do a decade here, a decade there, a decade here, a decade there. You know. Look at you. Look at you throwing out your terminology. Well, I mean, honestly, what I'd like to do as another episode here is is the rosary itself. Yeah. It's an incredible story. It is. You know, and just in short, where it came from mm-hmm. was they had the rabbis were around and, you know, the religious elite of that time many, many, many years ago. Uh, you know, I say many years ago. We're talking yeah. after like 200, 200 to 1,000 years. Uh you had what was called the Psalter. And the Psalter was every day they would read all the Psalms. Mm-hmm. These were the holy of the holy people. Yeah. And they were reading all 150 Psalms a day. Mm-hmm. The problem was, is no one knew how to read. No one had to write. And if you owned one of these Psalter Psalm manuals, that was like three years worth of income yeah. to get it printed yeah. out and all that. No one, no one could do that. So what people started doing was our fathers. Mm-hmm. They do 150 Our Fathers. And so what they ended up doing was they get a bucket and they put 150 stones in there mm-hmm. and they just start doing Our Fathers and they throw a stone out. Mm-hmm. You know, because I mean, even when you're doing Hail Marys, you're like, what? Am I on five? Am I on yeah. six? You know. That's why you have the beads. You know? Yeah. Well, no. And this is how it started. It started yeah. out in a bucket. And you yeah. think about it. It's crude. It's people wanting to be a part of of something bigger than themselves. Yes. And they'd see these religious leaders doing this. So they had a bucket with 150 stones and they're doing 150 Our Fathers. 
because that's all they knew. Yeah. And they didn't have books and they didn't know how to read, but right, this yeah. is the way for them to be closer to something bigger than themselves. Yes. And they would do that. And then the Marians, the Marians got into it and started merging in. And this is where, you know, well, be, even before the Marians, you got this bucket with 150 stones. People use beads for counting all the time, the yeah. abacus and all that yeah. stuff. Somebody put it together. They're like, let's do 150 beads. Mm-hmm. So they had 150 beads. And now it's easier because you can give a, a beaded thing away, which is way cheaper than a salter, which is three yeah. years of income. Or a and, bucket of 150 and rocks. it's a lot easier to move around than rocks. And that's why you see old pictures with everybody having beads on their side. They used it for counting, but it was also a salter mm-hmm. that they used yeah. to pray with. They were pray beads. Yeah. Prayer beads. This wasn't. This isn't pagan. This isn't anything. No. This is what everybody was doing, and it's they were prayer beads. And then the Marians got in, and that's when it started moving more into a direction of yes. the rosary. Yeah. And uh, and now you have the decades with the rosary, and basically what they call that is, you know, for those that don't go to church, for those that don't, it's a gospel on a string. Mm-hmm. The rosary is the path of Jesus. Yes. It's his whole entire ministry. Yes. From the moment he was born. To the moment he To died. the moment he resurrected up into yeah. heaven. And that's the whole point of the rosary. Mm-hmm. You don't pray to the rosary. You, you pray the you rosary. You pray the rosary. Yes. The, the Hail Marys are a chant. They're background music. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you are in the, the, the spirit of the moment where Christ is in those decades. The wedding at Cana. Yeah. The thorns, the just yep. everything. And it puts you in that spot and it puts you at peace. Yep. Where you ultimately want to be. Exactly. You know. And uh yeah, definitely. Thirty days, give it a try. Do thirty day push up. We got to lose, man. You know? Yeah, you might find peace in your life, which I don't deny to anybody. No. You know. So what do we that, got coming up next, Thunder? Well, call to the month. We sure do. We sure do. It's been a it's been a a, a bit before our last cult, mm-hmm. uh, which was L. Ron Hubbard, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So we're doing the Christian Science Cult. We are. Yeah. <laughs> Buckle up. Follow the power of prayer with the Christian Science Cult. <laughs> Why know. not? Yeah, of course. What could go wrong? Anything. <laughs> I tell you what, I, I'm I'm starting it now, but. You're going to start seeing a lot more cults coming around. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. And Ugh. I'm going to dive into that next week. We'll get into it. With Christian science cult. But yeah. Yeah. That's a weird cult. I mean, <laughs> they're all They're weird. all weird, but <laughs> they're all weird. Yeah, they are. Yeah. So let's see. I had a list of things that I didn't the write The tenants? Down. No, no. Before the tenants. Oh, that. That's what it was. Uh, again, thank you so much, folks. We blew away last month. We did. So uh, just thanks for... Let's keep her going, guys. Thanks for tuning in. and chugga, uh, chugga, chugga, chugga. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for, for thanks for looking looking us up every week and, uh, and crawling through our back catalog. We really appreciate it. And uh, for the new ones there, we don't advertise. We don't do any kind of promoting or anything like that. So we're nobodies. If you could uh, spread us out on your uh, social feeds, you know, yeah. uh, link our website, ohthehorrorpodcast.com. Uh, there's links to uh, the different podcast platforms yeah. in which they can and go And again, to. rating and reviewing, especially oh, on helps Apple, so is, much. is really the only way to be recognized yeah. by Apple, unless you happen to be a... A known person. It, it really helps. Yeah. yeah. And and we could use all the help we can get. But on account of we're not known by 
just you guys. Yeah. But no, I mean, we smashed last month. Nice. It wasn't even close. Like, yeah. We smashed it. So I like been, it. We've been smashing every single month. Uh, and it just, uh, we're, we're glad to know that uh, people are enjoying this just as much as we are. So with that being said, rule number one. No Ouija boards. Number two. No dolls. Three. No capes. Four. No blood rituals. Mm, five. No cults, satanic or otherwise. Yeah, find out next week. Six. No apathy. You need to act to help enact a positive change in this world. Mm-hmm. Pay for the coffee of the person behind you. Pick up your dog's poop. Yeah. Clean up your, your leaves in your yard. Wait, I got one. Pray for someone. There yeah. you go. Look at that. Next one. Don't engage with black-eyed people. If the people. eyes are all black, yeah, yeah. turn around, turn about around. face. About face. Keep Go going. the other way. Yeah. yeah. March on. Yes. And last but not least. Just listen. Yeah, it's a good thing to do. I'm, I'm going to even throw another one temporarily. Read. Read old books. Seriously. Yeah. Read some old books. Read if some old stories. If you come across a word you don't understand, look it, look up. it up. Yeah. It's very important. Yeah. Because it's not enough to just read. You have to comprehend and understand yeah. what you're reading. I think also, um, you know, I, I get this question all the time. I just don't know what to think about or anything. Start my my big thing lately, old diaries. Yeah. I am just totally enthralled by old diaries. My dearest Gwendolyn. No, I mean, it's just <laughs> because it, it's amazing. You know, A, people spoke very differently they a did. long time ago. They engaged in things differently. Hey, um, but aside from all that difference, the same problems were still around. Yes. Falling in love. Yes. Being Falling accepted. Out of love. Being accepted in a peer yeah. group. Yep. Being understood. Yep. Uh, all you know, those all those types of things. They're timeless, timeless situations. Someone's getting antsy. No, I know. It's <laughs> it's just dinner time. So you guys um, are winding up. I heard it. I know yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I heard the tenants. It's time. Creative director Dean. Oh no, he came over at me too. He's like, wrap it up. Let's do this already. <laughs> My nieces are trying yeah. to FaceTime me. A lot oh, is happening. Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> so with that being said, have a lovely day. A wonderful week. Make good choices. Take care. <laughs>